Al-Jazeera podcast. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken is visiting Israel and the West Bank on a trip to the Middle East beginning in Egypt. It's his first to the region since a new far-right government came to power in Israel and days after Israeli forces killed yet more Palestinians. What is Washington's role in the worsening conflict and what wider challenges does the Biden administration face in the Middle East? I'm Mohammed Jamjoum and you're listening to the Inside Story podcast where we dissect, analyze and help define major global stories. All right, let's go ahead and bring in our guests from Chicago. Jihad Abu Salim is the Education and Policy Associate of the Palestine Activism Program at the American Friends Service Committee. From Tel Aviv, Gideon Levy, he writes opinion pieces and a weekly column for the Haaretz newspaper. And from London, Julie Norman is Associate Professor in Politics and International Relations at University College London. A warm welcome to you all, and thanks so much for joining us today on Inside Story. Gideon, let me start with you today. Uh, Mr. Blinken's visit had been planned for a while now, um, but it has gained greater urgency since uh, this latest deadly raid by Israeli forces in the occupied West Bank. What do we expect from this visit? Unfortunately, Muhammad, <coughs> very, very little, because uh, this visit will, at its best, try to calm down, try to maintain the, uh, the, the status quo, but not much more than this. The Americans have now many other issues. The Palestinian question, unfortunately, is quite in the, la- in the bottom of the list of interests. And it will be really about trying to calm down the extremists in the Israeli government, try to calm down the violence. And I'm not sure it will be very efficient because now everyone is very careful until Sunday, Monday, when he arrives here, two, three days later, bloodshed will be back because the core problems are unsolved and he has no intentions to even start to solve any problem. Uh, Jihad, uh, from your perspective, uh, let me ask you a similar question, because the U.S. has been expressing alarm about escalating violence and and wanting to put forth some type of measure to de-escalate the violence. Is there anything that Secretary of State Blinken can do or offer to to help in this regard? Um, I think uh, the U.S. must hold Israel accountable, and the U.S. hasn't done so. And that's why Israel... um, has been doing all the things it has been doing. Uh, violence in the West Banks, uh, unhinged settlement uh, of Palestinian land, uh, land seizure, uh, stealing of Palestinian property and you know, uh, attacking Gaza every few months. So I think, uh, you know, and, and this is a, a demand that um, many of those who support Palestinian rights in the US including U.S. citizens and uh, American organizations that want to see real change in U.S. policy have been repeating uh, for decades. Hold Israel accountable, cut military aid to Israel, and use you know, the, the leverage that the U.S. has vis-a-vis the Israeli government and the state of Israel to put pressure on that state to seize its violence and oppression of the Palestinian people. Julie, uh, the U.S. State Department uh, has said that uh, Secretary Blinken will discuss the importance of a two-state solution with uh, Israeli and Palestinian officials during his visit. Is it at all realistic at this point to think that he can actually move the needle on this front? 
Well, I think as Gideon started us out saying, uh, we really have to be realistic about expectations. Uh, Israel-Palestine negotiations, any kind of peace talks is really not a priority for the administration at this time, especially with the war in Ukraine and other uh, and other things going on. Uh, with that said, you know, Israel-Palestine is still important for the U.S. I think the Biden administration sees this trip as important given the ultra-nationalists and the hardliners in the new Israeli government to say very clearly the U.S. is still firmly on a two-state solution and also affirm that with Palestinians. That doesn't mean it's going to move it any closer to that, but it's really just messaging to affirm that position. And I would also add, you know, this is also on the backdrop of joint Israeli and U.S. military exercises this week to kind of send a message to Iran. So I would, I would say the Israel-Palestine peace is part of this, but also Israeli and U.S. coordination on security efforts to counter Iran, I believe, is also part of this visit. Uh, Gideon, you heard uh, Julie there talk about the fact that in, in the background of all this is going to be the, the, the specter of, of Iran. Uh, let me ask you, uh, from your perspective, how much is Iran going to factor into the discussions that Secretary Blinken is going to be having? You see, Iran is the best excuse not to deal with the, with the Palestinian question. And Israel had manipulated the world and the United States to make Iran the main issue and to really smash the Palestinian issue, which is so much more crucial and so much older. Uh, yes, Iran will be on the table, and uh, Secretary Blinken, I guess, will do anything possible to calm down Israel only on, also on this, to prevent any kind of adventures which few Israelis in the new government have in mind. But by the end of the day, this is only a cover-up. Because by the end of the day, the Palestinian issue is the core issue, is the main problem. And both Americans and Israelis break away from it with the excuse that we have Iran now on our head. And, uh, and unfortunately, on this issue, on the Palestinian issue, we have so little to expect. Blinken will say all the right words. Israel is already, by now, very experienced with ignoring condemnations, because condemnations are only condemnations. The world, the United States, the EU are not ready yet to move from words to actions. And as long as the world, does, the world, world doesn't move from words to actions, Israel can continue with the occupation, with the brutality, with the violence, as much as it wants. Jihad, um, when he's in the West Bank, uh, Secretary Blinken is going to be meeting with uh, Palestinian Authority President Mahmoud Abbas and other senior officials to discuss things such as the Israeli-Palestinian relations, uh, as well as, you know, the U.S. continuing to say how important it is to try to find a two-state solution. Um, so I want to ask you first, do you think that these talks will be in any way productive? And, and secondly, uh, the Palestinian Authority has said now that, uh, that it has halted security cooperation uh, with Israel. What impact is that going to have? In, in terms of these meetings, uh, I don't think that they will lead anywhere. Uh, and even if uh, somehow Secretary Blinken manages to uh, pressure the Netanyahu government and uh, through talks with Palestinian officials to reach uh, some sort of de-escalation of the situation, I don't think that um, he will be addressing uh, the, the the fundamental 
challenges and, and, and problems that are at the root of what's happening today. And by that, I mean uh, the, the Israeli government's, uh, the new government's plans for uh, further settler expansion in, in the West Bank. Uh, we heard about the, the, the plan to uh, build 18,000 housing units under what the, the, new, the new government calls the One Million Settlers Plan. Um, and of course, you know, uh, this is a, a government that commits itself to uh, complete denial of uh, Palestinian rights, of the Palestinian right for self-determination. So I think uh, without addressing the, these, these fundamental issues here, uh, the question of Palestinian existence, the very existence of Palestinians as a people on their land is threatened now. Um, I, so without addressing these issues, I don't think there will be any progress. And whatever uh, uh, whatever things uh, Secretary Blinken achieves will be uh, nothing but a Band-Aid that will uh, probably temporarily calm the situation, assuming he would be successful at that. Now, uh, regarding the Palestinian Authority and, and halting uh, and the so-called halting of security coordination, mm -hmm. this has been repeated multiple times. Uh, Julie, um, let me ask you, uh, U.S. State Department is saying that Secretary Blinken is going to be meeting with President Sisi of Egypt uh, in order to advance the U.S.-Egypt strategic partnership and promote peace and security in the region. How is that achieved? Yeah, well, obviously, that's a that's a big question. Again, one that I don't think we're going to see real concrete steps made on. I mean, usually when Blinken or any high U.S. official comes to the region, they do make a point to usually meet with Cairo as well, just to ensure, again, that those partnerships and relationships are kept warm, that things are moving forward kind of on, on those shared interests. But um, in terms of actually stabilization in the region, you know, what I've heard from states saying some of the items they'll focus on are, um, you know, elections coming up in Libya, trying to support um, a new civilian government in Sudan. So looking at some other states uh, in the North Africa region and how Egypt and the U.S. might be able to support on those. All this, of course, with the backdrop of Egypt's own human rights record, which many in the U.S. State Department are very critical and uncomfortable with, um, but obviously continue that allyship for um, for the sake of pragmatic reasons with Israel-Palestine and uh, with other interests in the region as well. So I would say those conversations with Egypt are always um, are always kind of shadowed by by that reality in the background. Uh, Gideon, uh, from your vantage point, what do you think can be expected from uh, Mr. Blinken's uh, travels to Egypt? Egypt faces a catastrophe, an economical catastrophe. And the question is if the United States is ready to help more than it does. When Israel is getting such budgets, it's really a question. Is Israel the one who needs now the American taxpayers' money? Or is it Egypt, where people are really starving? I mean, what is happening now in Egypt in recent years is really a humanitarian catastrophe. I hope uh, Blinken will do something about it, but I can't uh, promise it, obviously. And obviously, they will discuss also Iran. This is always the issue which is uh, above anything else. But, Muhammad, if you just allow me, I would like just to refer in one sentence to the discussion before, because you mentioned again and again the two-state solution. And I would like to suggest that whoever suggests now the two-state solution doesn't mean to solve anything. But because the two-state solution, they all know it, is dead long time ago. 
And continuing to talk about the two-state solution with 700,000 Jewish settlers in the occupied territories is not much more than a very bad joke and, and a mean to continue the occupation. We have to understand the two-state solution. I, I don't know if it was never, if it was ever born, but for now it's really dead, and we should change our discourse. Jihad, um, how much has U.S. policy changed in the region since the administration of former President Trump? Uh, the, the administration of former President Trump has um, uh, accelerated um, a lot of the policies that are in Israel's favor. Um, so for, from the standpoint of you know, the, the, the Palestinian question, the Palestine question, uh, Israel today feels empowered by uh, the, the regional alliances it was able to forge uh, during the, the Trump era, uh, alliances that for the new Israeli government and uh, the, the, the government before made it easier for, for these governments to proceed with, with plans to uh, dismantle the Palestinian cause, to build more settlement, to continue denying Palestinians uh, their freedom and self-determination, because they, they feel empowered by, by these uh, agreements. And by that, I mean the Abraham Accords. Um, and of course, you know, the, the, the Trump administration has solidified um, Israel's stance it, it, with, it, with moving the embassy and, of course, with, uh, you know, uh, uh, making sure that uh, there are facts on the ground that, that, uh, that cannot be reversed. And, of course, by, you know, trying to undermine the, Palesti the, the Palestinian issue, the Palestinian mm. cause, a political issue to uh, to an unpolitical one, and we're still dealing with this legacy. Uh, Julie, um, we know that there is tension between the Biden administration and the uh, government of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Um, where is the relationship currently? And and in some sense, is the Israeli government sort of waiting it out right now in the hopes that after the next election cycle there will be another right wing administration in the U.S. Well, I think from the Biden administration's point of view, they are wary of this new Netanyahu government, but their stance so far has been the U.S.'s relationship is with the state of Israel, not with any one politician or government. And that's the way that they've, um, I would say, rationalized or justified kind of the continuing relationship, uh, you know, publicly at least. And this is in contrast, say, to Trump, who is very cozy personally with Netanyahu. So the, they've tried to frame it that way. Uh, from Netanyahu's government's point of view, it's interesting to see. I mean, certainly there are some uh, on the right who would be even closer to them and would embrace them even stronger. But they've, as Jihad mentioned, they've, they've gotten a pretty uh, strong pass so far from the Biden administration as well. Biden hasn't moved to change anything about the embassy. He hasn't really substantially changed anything from Trump's policy towards the region. The style, yes, but really not the substance. So in some ways, Netanyahu can continue to coast uh, with Biden or with another administration. So I think he's in a fairly good position, regardless of who is in the White House in two years. And, and Julie, if I could just follow up with you, because earlier in the program, we heard from our diplomatic editor, James Bays, who was talking about the fact that uh, many actors in the international community are, are, are hoping that, that 
there will be something that will advance negotiations uh, when it comes to uh, the Israeli-Palestinian peace process uh, going forward. Um, and they're really sort of watching this trip closely to see if there will be anything put forth that could, that could improve the situation in, in that regard. Do you think there's any way that we could see Secretary Blinken in any way change the Biden administration policy, even in a very subtle way, towards Israel? Well, again, I don't think they are looking right now to push for any kind of big peace deal or any kind of real change. I think the reality on the ground with both the Israeli government as well as the PA right now uh, does not make that viable, much less the Biden administration's own priorities or capabilities right now. I think we will see nudging on some of the areas we've talked about, security coordination and whatnot. Many in the U.S. are hoping that Blinken will push even somewhat on uh, settlements and, and these kinds of issues that have obviously been longstanding, where the administration has been relatively quiet, even rhetorically on that. But in terms of really moving the needle, I, I see that as somewhat limited. Often the U.S. at this point leans into more um, economic relationships, uh, you know, places where aid can go, things like that. But in terms of real political movement, I think it's probably going to be something more uh, on the ground in the region that, that shifts that a change with the PA <clears throat> or a change with something internally rather than something that Blinken or the U.S. can, uh, can really bring or impose at this time. All right. And, and Julie, j just one other thing. Uh, we have less than a minute. Um, how closely do you think the international community is going to be watching this visit? Um, you know, there's always a tension on Israel-Palestine, as Jihad and Gideon have both said. You know, this this is such a core issue. It's such a core conflict that affects so many people. So there will be eyes on it. But I think everyone is also realistic about the expectations, too. There's, you know, a, a lot of moving parts right now in international relations that, uh, that I think this visit is, is one piece and a lot of other things that are, go that are going on with, with Iran and Ukraine. So whenever Blinken is anywhere, it draws attention. But I think most people are, uh, are keeping their expectations low nonetheless. All right. Well, we have run out of time, so we're going to have to leave our conversation there. Thanks so much to all of our guests, uh, Jihad Abu Salim, Gideon Levy, and Julie Norman. This episode was produced by Dermot Fleming, Ferdi Akar, Isaba Umutlu, and Paul Taylor. Studio sound was by Renjith Kurian. The program was edited by Anirban Sarkar, Lynn Nguyen, and Joe DeFrias. Be sure to subscribe to the Inside Story podcast to catch every episode. Thank you for listening. Tune in on Monday for our next episode.